You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Fast Laps with the Boys. I apologize for my voice being a little off today. I'm catching, getting over having a, a viral infection here, so bear with me during the podcast. I'm going to try to work through it. But we had an exhilarating week two of the F1 season. I'm joined today by two fine gentlemen. First across the table from me here is Cole. How you doing? How you feeling? Feeling good. This is by far, I think, the the most fun I have doing a podcast. The Fast Laps, talking about F1. A lot of us are new to it. It's just fun to finally get into the season, watch every race, so excited to recap it all. Couldn't agree more, brother. This is a really, really fun podcast. It's been fun kind of diving into the F1 scene here and you'll be able to watch it every week now. Um, but to my right, I also do have Mr. Smeltzy. How are we doing, sir? Uh, I know you were sick, but did you say viral infection? I did. So everybody here, just be aware we are in hazmat suits. We have no risk of infection here. I do not appear to be wearing a hazmat suit, uh, is that going to be a problem for me? To each their own, brother. To each their own. I did not get that memo. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I do. It was two weeks ago. I'm feeling good. I'm out of the whole contagious piece of it, but I might have this little voice and cough for the next month here, they're saying. So I think you're all good, brother. Well, that's fair. You just keep it on that side of the table. We're all good to go over here. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy to be here again on another lap of fast, or another uh, episode of Fast Laps. Excuse me. So many laps. Can't even keep track of them. But uh, I'm just ready to go here and talk about what we've seen so far in uh, the most recent race at Jetta and what's going on uh, in Australia. And last but certainly not least, the man behind the ones and twos. Kevin, we wouldn't be here without you, brother. Well, I'm glad to be here with you fellas today. Let's start talking about this race. So the second race of the season was in Saudi Arabia. It was not the most entertaining race per se. The two people that finished on top were expected. It's going to be a Red Bull dominance this year. Checo did indeed take the checkered flag. Verstappen, which we'll touch on more here as well, moved all the way up from 15th with his qualifying penalty and ended up finishing P2. If it wasn't a Red Bull at one, Probably would have finished one on top of that as well. Surprisingly, he didn't try to make a lot of moves on Checo because he is Verstappen after all. But let's start with you, Cole. What did you think of the race? You know that Red Bull is dominant when you see Leclerc starting in P12, was it? So you have Leclerc in P12. On the first turn, he makes three passes. Verstappen didn't move. He stayed P15 going into the first turn. That means he's confident in the car. He knows he's going to make it up. You know, he's not, like, scared, like, I need to get these spots now because I don't know if I'm going to get them or when I'm going to have the opportunity. Leclerc is kind of like, I need to take up these spots now because my car might break down in a couple laps. I need to make sure I'm not doing a ton of passing. Red Bull is just dominant. Yeah, I mean, by, by lap eight, Verstappen was already back into points. By lap eight. So, he, like you said, he was just super confident in the car. He knew he was going to be able to climb back really quick. And, I mean, you saw as the race progressed how quick the car was. And, I mean, I think the commentator said at one point that when Red Bull was in DRS, they were 17 miles an hour faster than than uh, than whoever the heck was second. I don't know. I would assume maybe Mercedes instead of Ferrari, but I don't know. It was uh, 
Could have been Alonzo, I suppose. It was Alonzo. It was Aston Martin. Yeah, correct, correct. But also, Q1, we see Verstappen. He puts out a .5 faster lap than even his teammate. Obviously, the car's fast. Toto actually came out and said he doesn't even care if we copy the Red Bull car at this point. He'd put a Red Bull sticker on the car. He does not care. He just wants to keep up, give the pace so he can give his great racers an opportunity. That was wild. With Toto Wolf of all people coming out and saying this is a copycat league, we're going to do what we need to do to get the fastest car possible. So if that means going with an exact replica of the Red Bull car and putting a little bull sticker on it, that would be hilarious to see next year but that just goes to show how truly dominant this car that red bull put together this year is and it's eons above the next fastest manufacturer out there in alonzo who obviously is racing a hell of a season he ended up in p2 after leclerc got dropped back he said before the race started verstappen will be in p2 by lap 25 and in lap 25 he made that pass become p2 and this car there's not 25 laps left they're just chilling. If it wasn't for the caution car that came out late, they're probably winning by a minute again this week. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was even more than that. Like the the Red Bull, it was it was truly dominant. I mean, even on the first lap, Aston Martin or sorry, Alonso. I mean, yeah, Aston Martin, but Alonso, he beat Checo to that first corner. He got the whole shot. It didn't take long for Checo to get that spot back, and then it was out of the equation. It, it wasn't even funny. And then that lap that you spoke about on twenty five, Alonso didn't put up a fight. He pulled over like he was driving an F2 car to let Verstappen stop him. And you just, with somebody as experienced as Alonso is, this is by far the best car he's had since probably he was on Ferrari for him to just put it over, not even fight for him. Like, that just goes to show how truly dominant this car is. And Alonso going up and taking the pass in turn one. I mean, obviously, even in qualifying, that car was the fastest around the turns, right? Checo knows he's got a lot of race left. He doesn't have to fight off right off away. He waited a little bit. It wasn't on the wait. He still went up pretty fast to get the win. But, you know, when you look at Alonso, he's like, I'm going to take advantage here, see what I can do. Maybe Checo messes up. Somebody bumps into Checo. That's my thought process. That's probably what he's thinking. Hopefully he takes a turn there. Somebody comes up behind, maybe bumps into him or something, ruins Checo's day, and he can get a P1. I don't know. But he knew he couldn't win. Like you said, Verstappen passed him like he was standing still. So... Well, that's just it. I mean, if you know you can't, I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, if you know you can't win, like, why not at least take the chance at the beginning of the race and try to scrunch everybody up, slow them down, at least see how long you can hold them off. I mean, let your team kind of, you know, compare, be able to compare the two cars side by side in close racing. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a part of a team, but maybe that helps. (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm pulling that out of my ass, but I, I would take that. Yeah, exactly, and especially if you look at that pass, too, when they were coming into that corner, they both locked up. So they both locked up coming into the corner. They both recovered extra, extremely well, and Alonzo just knows he just can't keep up with it. Like, well, like you're saying, why risk falling out of podium contention when you don't have a chance to, to fight with Red Bull? You just, you just simply don't have a chance. On the last episode, I just want to touch on this. On the last episode, I talked about the failures and struggles of Ferrari last season. Hopefully it doesn't happen this year. Obviously, he did the first race with Leclerc, this race with Leclerc as well. They didn't even tell him that Hamilton was in the pits. He could have started up above Hamilton and potentially, obviously, a faster car in this race. I mean, he qualified P2 if it wasn't for the penalty. Like, this is another big mess up from Ferrari. 
Yeah, that's crazy that Ferrari just can't seem to put it together in the engineering box. They just, it's two years in a row now. I mean, granted, it's only two weeks in, but car troubles the first race, car troubles for Leclerc this race, you get to take a 10-grid penalty, and then your team just can't even give you that one more position, which in turn could have possibly got them two more points at the end of the day. I mean, do you think Ferrari's main issue here is just, you know, kind of getting used to the new team principle? I mean, that's got to be a, is that a bigger change, you think? Or do you think that's not as big of a deal? I mean, you can just slot somebody in that's got experience and, you know, it might not be a night and day difference, but maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe, but that doesn't affect like the race day communications because that's all from the engineer. That's the engineer that's communicating with the the racer. The principal obviously has a part of the game plan going into it, but they're more of just like the, the CEO of overseeing everything. And uh, it's more the engineer in that case from the communication. But it's, I, I don't know. I mean, he's even, there's even talks of Ferrari getting rid of half their team and going with outside people that the new principal wants to bring in. And even on top of that, I mean, the people already in Ferrari don't want to be there. A lot of people don't want to be there. So, I mean, maybe they go with outside people because of the principle, but, I mean, you're going to lose some really big names just because of that, too. And, I mean, with Leclerc, that happening to Leclerc, obviously he showed his frustration when he was talking to the engineer over the mic. They, they showed that after the fact. But, I mean, Leclerc, as we talked about last week, Leclerc, we think, will stay with Ferrari. I think we all agreed on that. If this keeps up, who knows, right? Is there a switch? Because Ferrari might have a faster car. So does, is that a switch with Leclerc and, and Hamilton now? I could very, much, I could very, very, very well see Leclerc going to Mercedes. Could I see them switch and Hamilton go to Ferrari? Absolutely not. I don't think Hamilton will leave Mercedes. I think, if anything, he'll retire, and that opens up a seat for somebody like a Leclerc to come in. But it's just how much you're going to value that. Ferrari has the faster car but they can't keep it together. Well, in the playoff, I had a little bit. I mean, yeah, I don't see Lewis, A, leaving Mercedes. I do see him retiring there as well. However, if he did go to Ferrari, I wonder how he would do in that Ferrari car, just because the main issue this season anyway is tire management. I mean, they just Ferrari cannot manage their tires properly right now, and I'd just be curious an experienced driver as Lewis is, I wonder if he could manage the tires better and, you know, prove that Ferrari could be a faster car. Lewis did take a lie detector test and say he will win one last championship. He will win some more races, right? If he can't do it this year, you can expect him to stick around. Ferrari might be a good fit, and also not only for him, but also for his legacy. He's won with McLaren. He's won with the Mercedes. Now, if he wins with a Ferrari, I mean, that's just a dynasty at this point. Yeah, I would say even just winning with Mercedes would be as well because it gives him the most driver's champions of, of all time. It breaks the tie he currently has with Michael Schumacher. I just think that Lewis is too, he has too much loyalty to Mercedes for everything they've done for him the last 10 years to just pass it over to Ferrari, which you don't know if Ferrari has a better car. You know, if anything, I could see Lewis going to an Aston Martin if Alonzo hangs it up, because the Aston Martin's essentially a Mercedes car, that's just quicker right now. Right, so it's a, I feel like it's a matter of time before Mercedes figures it out, and I think they will this season. I think it is just a matter of time, but when they do, who who are they going to cater to? I mean, you want to say that Lewis is going to be their quote-unquote number one because he has been, and obviously 
he's proven who he is, but do you think they start catering to Russell a little bit, giving him his shot in a car once they figure it out that can compete with the Red Bulls maybe? I mean, do, do they really start catering to Russell a little bit more? I think even if they cater to Russell, you're going to see something like Sebastian Vettel when he was on Red Bull, right? They cater to the other drivers. They were like, don't pass. And Vettel's like, the best racer's going to win this race. He didn't care who was in front of him. If it was his teammate or not, he's going to go get him. And if Lewis is comfortable in a car, Russell, you're a great up-and-coming rookie, but Hamilton wins that race 10 out of 10 times. Nope, sorry, 9 out of 10 times. I would agree. I mean, you look at last year, Russell did finish higher than Lewis in the, the driver standings. This year, it's pretty close. There's only a two-point difference between the two. Again, only two races. I just don't see... I don't see Mercedes choosing Russell over Hamilton after everything Hamilton's done for Mercedes. Mercedes wasn't shit before Hamilton got there. Granted, you can make an argument that the car propelled Hamilton in that, but even Bottas, you look at Bottas, there was one, two, so many times with him with Hamilton at the end of the year that Mercedes had the car. And also with Hamilton, he came over to Mercedes, though, when it was a lower car, when it wasn't the best car, and he won with them, right? Also, they're not going to pay somebody like they pay Verstappen. They pay Hamilton a lot of fucking money. They're not going to pay them that much to go, oh, here you go, Russell. Take this driver's championship. They pay him way too much, way too much of a legacy, way too much of a fan favorite. He is not even close as far as a fan favorite. If you want to build up that team and keep the legacy, you give Hamilton the drivers. The only thing that hurts Russell in that regard, too, they're both British drivers. So he doesn't get that home country behind him because Lewis already has that. So it's, you know, that that hurts him in that regard as well from a fan favorite perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think Lewis is probably going to hold that like best, best British title for quite a while. Even if George is ridiculous, I think it'll still take a while to, you know, get Lewis out of people's minds. Um, another thing I did want to bring up that I kind of touched on last episode was McLaren and just how bad they were. Well, this race, they were they were just as bad. I mean, Piastri had damage on his wing on the first freaking lap. Box after lap one for a new wing. And both McLarens were 19 and 20 by lap three, and it didn't really get any better from there. Uh, why, why can they not figure this out? If you listen to anything McLaren's putting out, it's expected. There's upgrades coming in Baku. There's upgrades coming in Baku. There's upgrades coming in Baku. Baku's two races away. So you're saying you're not going to have any advancements in your car, so you're starting the first four races of the year, or first three races of the year, without even a chance at getting points? What is McLaren doing? But also something to note on that, I think McLaren pretty much said when they got rid of Ricardo that Lando was their number one driver. The interesting thing about that, though, is Piastri beat him last race fair and square. With boxing after lap one. You know what's interesting, too, about that? is uh so right away on like on like lap 44 so even with drs drs lando could still not get past sergeant so a couple laps later lap 48 mclaren literally has to tell lando to not make it difficult for piastri to pass him piastri passes him the next lap and then you know there's only one lap left but they kind of like gave piastri a chance to see what he's got see if he could chase down sergeant i can't remember um let's see piastri did indeed pass sergeant at the end to take p15 from him so i think that's interesting going forward do they start kind of giving as they figure the car out i mean you say baku so i guess we'll find out right but 
do you, when we get to Baku, do you think they're still going to kind of cater to Lando, let him be that number one driver? Do you think they're going to, if Piastri's looking good, do you think they're just going to let him buck? No, I don't. Piastri, I'm sorry, Lando is their number one driver. They're paying him $20 million this year as a driver's salary. So they're, Lando's by far their number one. I, I don't think in any real situation you would give the rookie that edge per se. I think it's exactly like you said. It's like, let's see what we have in Piastri. He, we don't have a car worth competing. Let's see how good of a driver he is. We know what we have in Lando, right? He's he's a proven commodity at this point. It's just the car is just not not there for him. But I, I just don't see a world where they, they're paying Lando that much money to be the number two. And that kind of goes back to the Russell Hamilton thing. I mean, Russell's looking better right now. You give Russell a car he's comfortable in, I think he destroys it. I mean, Piastri did race a better race last week, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I'm still, you know, I'm not taking Piastri in that race. If it's, you know, they're both comfortable in the car and they're both feeling, feeling good. Another big thing that has to be pointed out is right now, Mercedes and Aston Martin are tied in the Constructors' Championships with 38 points. However, that's probably not the case if Stroll is able to continue that whole race, right? He comes out early. I, I just wanted to say that uh, last episode, I confidently predicted that both Mercedes were going to beat uh, Lance Stroll. So that happened this race. I mean, you know, Stroll had the retire, but, you know, I, I was right. Just saying. I could also confidently say, almost guarantee, that if Stroll finishes that race, he's P- P4. He's racing a hell of a race, and also maybe the pass of the day over uh, signs early on. So very interesting. He's looking good in that car. He's getting even more healthy. So I, I think if, his, if their cars stay healthy, they're an obvious choice for number two right now in the constructors. Isn't that interesting to say that Aston Martin's that close and probably should be ahead of Mercedes at this point in the constructors' points? I mean, when I started watching F1... Uh, I mean, it was just Mercedes this, Mercedes that, and Red Bull was kind of their competitor, and then now Red Bull's kind of taken over and blah, 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 and that's just been it. And Ferrari's kind of been there, but they're but they're not, but they they existed because of Vettel um, at that point. Uh, I just, it's just weird to be saying Aston Martin's like right there with Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, you can make a strong argue, argument that Aston, Aston Martin has passed Mercedes in almost every way. I mean... You could argue Hamilton versus Alonso in terms of overall greatness at most. I would say they're equals. I mean, I'd give the edge to Hamilton, don't get me wrong, but the two most experienced drivers on the track. And then you have Stroll versus Russell as the, the, the twos there. At this point, I don't know. I mean, this is the first time in Stroll's career where he's had a car worth competing. So he's he's proven. And granted, I mean, you look at his, his DNF, that, that's not him. The car, that's him. That's the car at that point. Well, do you guys know what position he was in when he retired? He was P3. He was. So, yeah, that's wild. So he made that pass on science, and then a couple laps after, he was in P3 there, and then a couple laps after, he retired out. Gotcha, gotcha. And, yeah, and going back to that pass, you could argue that's the pass of the year so far. Granted, two races, small sample size, but that was a pass that, uh, what, four or five-year person doesn't make that's a veteran pass or an aggressive pass at that so i was really impressed with the young cat in that i'm still giving the edge to alonzo last week making that pass in uh in bahrain i think he's got to have the pass of the year there so far i mean it's two races in let's not get crazy
Yeah, who would have thought the best two passes of the year belonged to Aston Martin? Nobody would have guessed that coming into this year. I mean, it's crazy to think, too, that right now, I mean, it's a realistic possibility that Aston Martin could finish second in the Constructors. I mean, I know it's early, and, you know, with McLaren's big changes coming, I mean, they're not going to challenge Aston this year, I don't think, even with the changes. Mercedes could. I think Ferrari definitely could if they figure it out, but... And also... Yes, I, I, 100%. I think Ferrari could challenge them. I think Mercedes could. I think it's going to be a really close fight for second. But I think we're going to see more top finishes from Aston Martin. And I think midseason, there's going to be a couple mess-ups from Red Bull. And Aston Martin's going to steal that first spot for just like a week. And I think it's going to blow everybody out of the water. But I think just for like a week, you're going to see the Aston Martin sneak up and take that first position. Yeah, I don't think so. I just think, I mean, even if, like, I mean, right now, Red Bull has a 49-point lead on Aston Martin. So even if Red Bull were to DNF both the drivers the next two races, or the next race, and Aston Martin finishes 1-2, they're still not even beating them in that, right? So I strongly believe Red Bull could win every single race this year. Max could win every single race this year. I think what we're going to see in the next couple weeks is you're going to see more 2-3s out of the Aston Martin. And I think that's where the points start to get a little bit closer. Not in the long run. I think Red Bull still wins by probably 200. But I think we might see a peak where Max has something mess up or something like that. And he can't come back. Maybe on a tight course like Monaco, we might see him mess up. Then all of a sudden, he can't really fight back. Who knows? I mean, Max isn't going to win every race this year because he just did not win last uh, at Jeddah. So there goes that, I guess. I meant from here on out. Oh, right. Okay. Sounds good. Nah, that's that's baloney. I think I think Checo's gonna challenge Max a lot more, and I think things are gonna get a lot more interesting. Whether the team wants him to or not, I think Checo might. I don't know. After he helped Max win a championship already, I think Checo might just say, "Screw it, dude. I might. I'm I'm gonna race you straight up." I don't foresee Red Bull allowing that to happen, because if that's gonna start happening. Bada bing, bada bang. Ricardo's that driver. I just don't see Red Bull like if Checo were to do that. I, I it wouldn't put put it past me that Checo would have the the balls to do that. But I don't think he's hanging around as the number two for Red Bull much longer. And this is his best chance of a finishing high in the driver standings because he gets the payday, and b he's getting paid paid pretty handsomely from them as well. To to risk that, I just I just can't see it. I also don't think in the same car. Checo can compete with Max. It's not going to be close. Max is a faster driver in every track so far. He's going to continue that. Yeah, and especially because that car is tailor-made to Max Verstappen. Like they, There was no adjustments made for Checo. That car is, is the Red Bull car is a Max Verstappen car. So the car is just too designed and customized for Verstappen to not just blow him away. We also, while we're on Red Bull, we have to talk about the fact that Checo got screwed out of a fastest lap opportunity in the last lap. He would have been the first Mexican driver ever to lead the drivers' championship in F1, and he got screwed out because he was told don't go. Max was told don't go, don't push, keep your pace. Max pushed, got the fastest lap, and I think they really screwed over Checo, and they kind of set where they were. And Checo was pretty upset about that after the race. But that's what I'm talking about. You don't think Checo's gonna come back and like challenge Max at this point? I mean, the team's gonna tell him, hey, you know, chill out. Like we gotta. You know, keep this thing under wraps, but you don't think he's like in, deep inside. You know, dig deep type moment. You don't. You don't think he's like, nah, this is my time. He knows he's. You know, he's on. You know, borrowed time at this point, probably at Red Bull with Ricardo and you know lurking around. 
I think that's for sure going to happen. He's going to be the number two, and who knows where Checo will go. Do you think this is just his opportunity to actually make a run at it? Because, you know, you mentioned, you know, what if you get to a point where Aston Martin's leading in the constructors for a week? What about if Checo's leading in the drivers at that point? Do you think they just... I don't know. They're not going to want him to to race it out. They're going to want Max to take the lead there, but I I think Checo's got enough at this point to be like, screw it. I'm going to try to win a championship this year myself. I think Checo deep down believes that. I just don't think that he has enough prowess behind him to 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 counteract Red Bull in that regard. Just because it's what can Red Bull honestly say to Verstappen? He goes for the fastest lap after he tells him not to. What can they say? He's the, by far the number one driver in the world. He's the best chance Red Bull is going to have at winning a championship. So I just, I, I really don't think Checo would do that because his spot is not guaranteed. Verstappen could literally tell Christian Horner to fuck off. You're the biggest piece of shit. And he's the number one driver for Red Bull for the next five years. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a fact. Do you remember Verstappen and Ricardo's, you know, back and forth crashing about early on? I mean, could we start seeing a little bit of that with Checo and Verstappen? I mean, I think they're going to start racing each other pretty aggressively at this point. I think, unless it's in the first lap, no. I really don't believe that in a lot of these races, Checo's going to be able to keep up with Max. It's not going to be a thing. Like, yes, I think Checo, like you said, I do agree. Checo's got a chip on his shoulder. If there's a time to try to go and get his championship, it's now. He can't beat Max unless Max has a lot of car troubles. Yeah, I agree. It just Verstappen's just too damn good in that car to to not put up for the fight. I mean, if Checo does isn't in P one at that point, Verstappen wins that race. Absolutely. On top of this, we have to talk about a couple more teams. Obviously, we spent a lot of time on the top teams. Even McLaren, we threw in there for some reason. Who knows? We have to talk about these other teams. You know, they're hanging around Alpine. We talked about Gasly. We all love Gasly. Gasly, Ocon, Ocon finally figured his shit out, huh? Not 85 million seconds worth of penalties. They come, they get an 8-9. I mean, that's pretty big for Alpine as a whole in the points. But, I mean, Ocon, yeah, he beats Gasly. But Gasly's still showing that he can race in this car. He might be able to get top 10 every week. And Gasly continues his, uh, if you can call it a streak, because now this is three races in a row at Jeddah, which there's only been three races, but Gasly did get points now for the third race, so he's three for three getting points at Jeddah. I mean, I think that's a big deal. And there wasn't, you didn't see Bottas up there anymore. There's a lot of only big-name teams at the top. Alpine's there at fifth. Who knows, they might take fourth with all these mess-ups and some of the other teams. But, I mean, they're they're strongly placed themselves in fifth place so far. And, I mean, I got to go ahead and mention K-Mag for Haas. I mean, he he really batted it out, battled it out, excuse me, with Yuki in those last couple laps. Um, and he ended up passing him and getting Haas a point. I mean, two lap, uh, two races in, they got, they got a point for him. And Hulkenberg was close there for a minute. You know, we could see them, you know, sitting 9-10. Hulk finished 12th for that race, so he was right behind Yuki. Well, boys, there's really one thing left to talk about on this race, and it is Fernando Alonso and all of the drama that transpired. If you watch the race, you know that he was assessed a five-second penalty for lining up outside of the grid. He served that penalty during that safety car. During that safety car and serving that penalty, he got added another 10-second penalty because the jack was touching the car. Allegedly. 
allegedly, allegedly the, the jack was touching the car. There's been a pretty hot topic of are you should you be allowed to serve that penalty in a safety car in a way that's kind of a cheap, in quotations, way to serve it. But it ended up being recanted. The 10-second penalty was taken away because according to the FIA rules, which Aston Martin dug in deep, they have 25 minutes from the incident to assess the penalty. Otherwise, it's no longer valid. So after everything, he celebrated on the podium. He got stripped of it. Shortly after that, he got reinstated. The thing about that, too, is George Russell came out and said he's deserving of this spot. And then it was actually pretty funny. George Russell was actually sent the trophy, and he like there was a Twitter kind of back and forth with him and Alonzo. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. But, I mean, when Russell's coming out and saying, like, this is bullshit, he deserves that podium. And on top of that, it's Alonzo's 100th podium. And then you just strip him of that? That was kind of bullshit in my opinion, but it all worked out in the end. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, the big thing, too, if you really believe that he didn't deserve third, you wouldn't be fighting at the end of the race. Russell was fighting to try to break down that five second. Alonzo was fighting to try to extend that five seconds so they didn't have to worry about this. I do believe that in the penalty, when they're going in in the pits, you can't serve the penalty. I think that is unfair. I do agree with that point of it. However... To get 10 seconds on top of that, I also think that's unfair. I think that's way too much of a gap, especially in a race like Jetta. Uh, just, it's just too much of a gap there. I think that's ridiculous. I understand with sticking with the five second, I think that's the best way they could have handled that. I think my favorite Alonzo moment from this past race was at the end, actually, not to change it a little bit here, but Max went and sat in where Checo was supposed to be sitting where the driver, I can't remember what the room is called or whatever, where the three drivers, the podium drivers go and wait for the ceremony. Uh, Max went ahead and sat where Checo's supposed to sit, who just won the race. Uh, so Alonzo went ahead and sat where Max was supposed to sit. I just, I don't know, I kind of thought that was kind of funny and then a total Alonzo move. Just goes to show how much of a dick Max truly is. I also think, though, there's way too much probably stigma around that room. It seems like those drivers don't give a shit where they sit. I think they're just going in there to get a hat and wait. They probably don't, and that that's totally true. But Alonzo going to sit in Max's chair after Max already sat in Checo's chair, I think, was like just kind of like, hey, screw you, bro. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Checo never once sat down. <laughs> you know, he was just standing in the room. So like you said, Cole, I don't think there's much to look into in that. No, not at all. I just I just thought it was funny. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> and I, I might be mistaken here, but in Bahrain, they also sat in different spots. I'm pretty sure that either Alonso sat in first or second. So, I don't know. If he sat in second, then obviously he deserved there. But I think I think they messed up the spots there, too. I, maybe it wasn't Max that sat down or something, but the, the spots were max, messed up. I remember that. Sure, sure. And I, I have no idea. And again, like we've already reiterated, it probably really ultimately doesn't matter at all. I just thought it was funny after Max already took the fastest lap at the end of the race when he was told essentially not to do that. And then goes ahead and sits in Checo's seat. It's just like, kind of just like a big slap in the face to me. But like, again, it's it's not a big deal at all. And in that room, Max told Checo that he had the fastest lap. Do you remember that? That look between him and Checo when Checo was like, are you fucking serious? Checo, that's where Checo first found out. Yeah, I totally missed that. I, I wasn't aware of that, no. I don't know if, I don't know if they, I, I didn't see the comms if they told him over the, the, the comms, but I don't know what conversation they had, but he definitely found out there from Max that he had the fastest lap, that he went for the fastest lap. They had it in the, the audio, Max telling Checo, and Checo was just kind of like, what the fuck, this guy. 
Well, boys, enough Jetta talk. Let's talk about Melbourne. So this weekend, we are headed down under. We're going down to Australia for the Melbourne circuit. The first time in a number of years, they are not represented by their home driver, Daniel Ricardo. Now, they do have an Australian in the field in Piastri, so they're not completely out of it. So what do you guys think on this race? What is your, your biggest prediction? What are you looking forward to the most? Why don't we start with you, Cole? I think a big thing, too, like you said with Russell and, and Hamilton being both British drivers, real quick to touch on this, Ricardo's probably still going to have a lot bigger of a fan base than Piastri here. This is this is his thing. You saw him. I think he posted the Instagram or somebody posted the Instagram clip of Ricardo ripping around in the in the car and in, in the sand in, um, in Australia. So I think everybody's just still hoping on you know, Ricardo to return. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but we're hoping on it. My biggest takeaway, however, I'm looking at you know the 8, 9, 10 spot. Alfa Romero, Alfa Tori, Alpine, who's going to be fighting there? It's always a good fight down there at the bottom. Who knows? I think, you know, even Williams jumping up, it's a fun battle down there. And, you know, that's kind of where the race is right now with how dominant Red Bull has been. Yeah, I was just going to, you mentioned Williams. I was just going to mention them. Yeah, I, th- I think they could maybe climb up uh, into some points this race. I did want to touch, because uh, I thought this was actually interesting. Red Bull hasn't won at Melbourne since 2011, and they would have been Red Bull Renault back then, and that would have been Sebastian Vettel. Otherwise, they have not won there since 2011. Mind you, uh, the race was not had in 2020 or 2021, but I think that's interesting, and we could see that change just with how fast Red Bull is. We probably do see that change. Um, And then, yeah, uh, also weird to not see Daniel Ricciardo on the grid this year. Um, I do think he will be back, though, uh, in the near future. Yeah, it's it's definitely gonna gonna suck not seeing Ricardo out there for his home race. But I agree with you. I don't think he's done by any means. It's gonna be interesting to see how Ferrari shows up this weekend. As we know, Leclerc won the race last year, qualified P two this last week. Who knows? Might have been able to fight Checo for that one spot. But I'm really really interested to see if Ferrari can put it all together for this race. Whether it's the car not falling apart, the team not having a blunder. Can they put it together? You you guys obviously see who our favorite is. It's Ricardo. He is happy. He's, you know, enjoying this kind of retirement, as you will. He's kind of enjoying it a lot. He's doing a lot of crazy things. But, yeah, to jump into you there, too, I think we could see Ferrari up there. Also, you got to think, this is a kind of a windy, like, crazy course here. It's interesting. You you know, you think you might favor a veteran. Maybe Alonso takes his first pole this race. Yeah, you definitely, it's going to be interesting to see if anybody can dethrone Red Bull, right? You know you know, Red Bull's going to be finished both top five. You know Mercedes and Ferrari are going to be in there in the top seven, eight. Is Stroll going to be able to push back up in that top five and push for a podium? Is Alonso going to take it this week? It, it's going to be a really, really fun race. I, I strongly believe so. Is Mercedes going to have some upgrades that weren't talked about going to come through and Hamilton going to take the cake? There was a stretch where he won I think three in a row, if I'm not mistaken, at Australia. Yeah, and also with this course, I mean, we're not going to see, I feel like we're not going to see as much of Red Bull's top line speed. The place last week where Aston Martin excelled was in all the turns, in all the windy turns in Jeddah last week. So, I mean, with this race, there's only a couple, maybe one or two real big pushes for speed. I think we're going to see maybe, you know, with all the turns, you might see Aston Martin take pole at this race. Yeah, I just want to touch... I mean, 
Aston Martin could take pole. Uh, I think if they do, though, Red Bull will pass them up early. But I think you'll see the same thing as, like, in Jetta, where if they do have pole, you know, most likely Alonso. But if they do have pole, then Alonso's going to dive deep into that first turn and take the lead once again right away and just try to see how long he can hold Verstappen off, really. Because um, I think Verstappen will be up there this week. I don't think he's going to... I mean, it's hard to predict mechanical failures during quali, but I, I really doubt it'll happen again. I mean, towards the the top part of it, like 8, 9, 10 spot, like you were mentioning, Cole, I think we'll see Gasly get points for the third race in a row. Um, I think we can see Yuki maybe get a, get a point or two this race. And long shot, I think Botas has a chance to get himself a point. I wouldn't even argue it's a long shot. He had so many struggles, so many pits last race. He finished eighth week one. I don't think it's a long shot. I think he's up there. I think, you know, the long shot would see another Williams car up top ten. I think Botas, you know, he's already proven himself to be a great racer. If he's not pitting 16 times, I think, you know, he's pretty confidently up front there, at least in 10th. And, I mean, I know we're only two races in, but, I mean, so far we've seen William Sargent keep taking steps forward. I mean, he's learning as he gets more experience at the highest level of racing possible so i think we'll just see you know i we could see a williams get in the top 10 for sure yeah most certainly i mean even last week if Albon didn't dnf he might have been able to push for it he wasn't racing great beforehand don't get me wrong but i think the williams have in terms of the midfield cars i think they can compete for sixth or seventh if not even maybe fifth this year if they can put it together sergeant's made some big he, he's impressed in a, a shit car one would say, and he's been able to put together some some strong finishes. Thank God they took over that new guy as their team president, though, huh? He's obviously made some huge changes to the team. I mean, even the car itself, the car looks sweet this year. The Duracell battery up top is hilarious. That is by far my favorite livery design. Not the car as a whole, but that dirt, that battery on the top, by far my favorite design of any car. So let's say this race is, you know, we're towards the end of the race now let's say it's for Stappen, Checo, Alonzo, Stroll how close do you think Stroll is to Alonzo do you think Stroll has the capability to pass Alonzo at this point that's tough Alonzo has the experience they're in the same car I, I haven't seen in in when while Stroll has been on the track I, I don't think I've seen the pace that he's had of Alonzo and Alonzo with that experience of knowing exactly what corner to take where where he can pass how to maneuver the passes I, I don't see it no not right now at least you know as Stroll becomes more comfortable be, continues to recover from the the injury I think maybe later on in the year but as of right now I, I, I just don't see it with Stroll taking that pass last week on Ferrari, you can argue he's racing better than the Ferraris. However, if Leclerc is in that spot, I don't think he's making that pass. I don't think Leclerc gets passed. I think we might see, you know, one two Red Bull, a Stroll, and then you're probably gonna see a Leclerc fighting for that third spot. I think that's gonna be the biggest biggest, you know, big thing of the, the race this weekend will be that fight for the third. And I think it's gonna be Leclerc and Alonso. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely think it's going to be a Red Bull Aston Martin podium this week. Now, I would love to see a not Red Bull 1-2 Aston Martin podium. You know, if Aston, if, if Alonso can hop in front of either Checo and take the two spot if Verstappen's going to win, which everybody's going to project Verstappen to win, you'd kind of be silly not to. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun race to watch this weekend. 
do you think Leclerc, though, however, takes that third maybe? Maybe he takes Alonso. I think that's that's kind of what I was touching on before. I think that's going to be the battle. The biggest battle this week, I think, is going to be Leclerc and Alonso fighting for that third spot. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. I would love to watch that, too. You got one of the youngest up-and-comers in the game in Leclerc, and then you got the seasoned 42-year-old vet in Alonso. You could call it, if Leclerc were to take that, you could look at it. I mean, I'm not going to say changing to the guard because Alonso didn't do anything last year compared to Leclerc. But as the season has gone so far, you know, Alonso has by far been the third best racer on the grid. I low-key think you could make the argument for George Russell being in that in that battle with Charles and Alonso at the end of the race. He seems to be getting better each race himself. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think Russell could make an argument to, to get a podium. I would argue the same thing I said before with Sainz being up there. I think if Leclerc and Alonso are up there, not only is their pace faster, just battling each other, but I think you know their pace is going to be above Russell's. I don't think Russell, when those two drivers are in a car that's good, they're healthy, the car is healthy, I don't think Mercedes can match their pace. I think they got kind of given a gift last week with Leclerc starting so far behind and having those struggles. I don't think that the the Mercedes car can keep up with those Ferrari and the Aston Martin. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree. I just don't think Mercedes has the car put together right now to do it. If you put Russell Leclerc and Alonso in the same exact car, I think Russell has a fighting chance, but with just how the cars are structured right now. I mean, when you have Mercedes AMG coming out and saying if if the Mercedes team doesn't start doing better, they're going to give their resources and their main focus to Aston Martin. That says a lot. Absolutely. I think we're all kind of all over the place. We all kind of disagree on a lot of these things so far. It's early in the season. I think the one thing we can all agree on, we're going to see McLaren down low, P15 or lower this week. I think we can all agree on that. Tyler, back to you. All right, boys. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Who do you have as your podium this week, Cole? I'm going to go a little bit different here. My podium this week, I have one, Verstappen, two, I have Leclerc, and I have number three at Alonso. I think Alonso stays up there, and I think Checo falls down to four. I'm going to throw that in there. I know it's not a podium, but I'm going to throw him in there. He's still at four. Okay. I mean, so for me, that's wild. Sorry, I'm taking back. Um, Verstappen for sure, one. I think Checo, two, no doubt. Um, I do see I, I Stroll. I think Stroll hits a podium. I think Stroll passes Alonzo and hits a podium. Uh, what, what you got? Those are some hot takes, boys. I definitely think Red Bull's going one, two over Stappen, Checo. That third spot is kind of up for debate for me. It's either Leclerc or, or Alonzo, in my opinion. And I think Leclerc finally puts it all together and Ferrari puts it all together for this race. And not only is he going to take the podium, but I think Science is going to finish four or five. Well, boys, that was an absolute blast. I am looking forward to the race this weekend. And as always, we cannot thank you guys enough for listening at home. Like and subscribe. We need all the support and the following as we can get right now. We just also launched our YouTube channel. So we will premiere in this on YouTube as well as Spotify. So give us a listen. Give us a watch. And thank you guys for another fun episode. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.